Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Disco Supernova, or was it Disco Bossa Nova? I forget, I forget. Tuesday the 25th of April, Heavy Metal Miscellany, I'm Alan Averill, this is Agitators Anonymous. Good afternoon, however, I may find you. Good evening, perhaps, who knows. Disco Supernova, that was Cathedral. Somehow Cathedral popped up in my algorithm and it had been a long, long time since I listened to Cathedral and I was quite enjoying the ethereal mirror earlier. Sounds like they use a boss heavy metal pedal uh, on that album, doesn't it? It's got touches of the dismember entombed guitar tone and um, the ethereal mirror. I have to say that Forest of Equilibrium was one of the most important albums back in the day. The thanks list of Forest of Equilibrium was the... Um, what shall we say, the the face, the look that launched a thousand doom metal ships across the uh, rather sad and tragic ocean. Right, what are we going to talk today in, about today in today's short, sharp, shock, heavy metal discussion? Well, I think what I'm going to take the time to do is discuss a little bit about how the uh, cost of living crisis and how the price gouging of um, all classes um, is affecting the underground because... Well, it is. And so let's discuss that amongst a few other things. Before we do that, the show is sponsored by Metal Blade Records. You can go to IndieMerch.com slash Metal Blade Records and you can use the promo code AA2023 to get 10% off. You can follow the links in the description underneath the podcast um, and click on them and have a look. Or you can also go to my, um, you know, I have a couple of Spotify playlists of Metal Blade record stuff from the 80s uh, classic metal blade playlists so you can put in um you know alan averill into spotify and you'll find all the various playlists i've made i'll put a link to a few underneath and you can go and check out because you probably need a few sirathungal reissues and all that kind of thing i mean surely who wouldn't don't call me surely but anyway 
And also, if you're listening to this and you're thinking to yourself, well, it sounds like I could advertise on Agitators Anonymous. Well, you surely could. You definitely could. Just get in touch with me. DM me. Um, the numbers keep going up all the time. I thank you for listening to the podcast. They go up and up. If you would like a reference of those numbers, then sure enough, hit me up. It seems like it could be a good place to advertise um, a new release by a band. Maybe your demo. Maybe your, Does anybody do demos anymore? I don't know. Um, anyway. Hit me up in the DMs. Slide into my DMs. Pull up to the bumper, baby. Yes, who knew you'd get a Cathedral and a Grace Jones reference within the first three minutes? Yeah, you don't get it anywhere else but here at Agitated Anonymous. Well, in front of me, you can hear the rustling paper. I have the receipt um, of a quite simple and normal standard postal operation that took place today. If you've noticed, if you've been following Primordial or me on Instagram... Uh, primordial underscore official, empty angle underscore uh, primordial. Uh, I've been we've been selling a few, a few signed vinyls, all the all of the albums, various albums over the last while. Basically, what that's about is the last primordial show in Dublin, um, and I'm going to get into this. But why selling vinyls over the merch stall is now the best policy due to the exorbitant and quite frankly insane postal costs. Um, but that's what I'm going to discuss, how the ec- economics, how the, f- you know, the price gouging that's going on in the cost of living crisis is really affecting the underground and affecting a small underground labels in a massive way. But here's a, a glimpse into the insane world of what's ha- been happening. So we have all these vinyls sitting around and we have, you don't get vinyls for free from your record label. They send them to you. They cost X amount to post and pack. Um, you have to pay a wholesale rate, which by now sometimes is 11, 12, 13, 14 euro per vinyl. So let's say each vinyl is costing you 15 euro when you add in postage and packing from your label. You get 50 of them maybe for a show. Well, once upon a time, DHL or UPS used to guarantee three-day delivery. That's kind of bullshit now. Um, It took like seven or eight days to get this box. And of course, we missed our gig. They kind of just go, yeah, well, it happens. Post-pandemic. I think you've probably felt this thing. I've used the word, I used to use the word inertia quite a lot. It's maybe not inertia. It's just a feeling of general apathy, a lack of, I suppose, what we would have called customer service. No one gives a flying F anymore. And they just go, yeah, well, that's just the way things are now. Doesn't take three days anymore. Could take three. You might get in three if you're lucky. Could take seven. Really, you know, and there's nobody you can contact. There's no recourse. There's no recompense. There's no, hey, listen, that was supposed to take three days. It took eight. Can I have... um, some financial recompense of that. Meh, no, no one answers the phone. No one answers an email, etc. So you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. It's probably the same in whatever industry you are in. It's like the whole sort of um, common courtesy of customer service, whatever, has just been gouged by the pandemic and the lockdown. And everybody went, this shit doesn't matter anymore. Let's say the human touch doesn't matter anymore. I suppose it would have been just customer service. Anyway, I digress. But so we had all these vinyls lying around with Primordial and we thought, well, let's sign things and try and sell them. Now, there's something about selling a vinyl for 80 or 100 euro that to me feels incorrect. It feels wrong because my head is still in the 90s or still in even 10 years ago. And so we were selling a couple of them for 60 euro. So today I am with 60 euro still sounds a lot of money to me for a vinyl. But then you go around the corner to Tower Records. There is one more Tower Records left in the world. The last white rhino in the world is Tower Records Dublin, um, which is a great shop, actually. But anyway, the vinyls often cost 40 to 55 euro. However, um, the new Metallica, I think, was 48. 
um, New Megadeth was 45. Anyway, that's not the point. So we sold these vinyls for 60 euro. Um, and I can see, and they're single full vinyls, not double, not double gate full vinyls. So imagine this, if you will, while I read out my shopping list and we can get into the economics, the ergonomics of the situation. To post a single vinyl from Ireland to Australia is 23 euro. Iceland is 1950. Um, the United States of America is 15 euro and on and on. Once you added all five, only five vinyls up, uh, it came to 83 euro to post. Um, so like I said, every vinyl cost roughly 15 euros. So that's 75. So that's what, 158 euro. Then your postage and packaging um, at three to four euro each. Before you know it, you get to about 200 euro costs to the band for those five vinyls before we post them out. Five vinyls at 60 euro, PayPal takes its cost. And so I said to, uh, sent a message to our label, um, Garrett, uh, you may know him as the singer from Sacred Steel, wonderful gentleman and instrumental in the signing of Primordial back in the day. Shout out to the evil G. I sent him, uh, look at this insanity, from five vinyl sales, sorry, six vinyl sales um, at... What am I talking about? My maths is getting mixed up. Um, yeah, let's say six vinyl sales, five vinyl sales at 60 euro. That's just getting rid of five uh, of these signed vinyls. It looks like there's an 80 euro profit, roughly, because that from that 300 euro that came in, our outgoing costs were 220 euro for five vinyls. Now, I was talking to Dara from Invictus, and that's what prompted me to do this discussion. Um, and he just said to me, man, we used to be able to post records around the world for six five to eight euro it used to be and that's only six or seven years ago and um, so to post five vinyls um six or seven years ago was you could do it for under 50 euro easily in fact you probably could have done it for under 30 euro 40 euro now that whole process is at least a couple of hundred percent more expensive. It's absolutely insane. And you think to yourself, how is anybody supposed to run a business like that? Of course, what's happening is that all of the postal services are price gouging. Everyone is price gouging you on every front. Everything is more expensive. So what used to be a wholesale vinyl at 870 is now 1350. Um, the postage, the packaging material is more expensive. Um, and of course, you know, the idea that um, you, you print the most amount of money uh, the world has ever seen during a two and a half year period during lockdown that has uh, that has no economic effect on all this stuff it's just that bloody putin you know he's put the price of the beans on your shelf etc of course it has an effect on being fatuous but imagine trying to run a small business and i was talking to dara from invictus about this which is what prompted this particular podcast and he just said um all sales and across the board are down like two-thirds compared to a year ago. What seems to have happened is that during the pandemic and lockdown, people, of course, were, you know, kind of um, shifted sideways into this new form of life. They didn't think it was going to go on for as long as it did. Although, if you will listen to my first few podcasts, you will see that I did predict that. Uh-huh. Yes. Tick against my name in more ways than one. But... Um, People were ordering online back then because, of course, they had spare money. They didn't know what was going to happen. But now the cost of living crisis is so profound. And it really is. Everything that you see has just gone insane. Um, you know, I don't even you don't I don't even need to tell you and give you boring, dull examples of everything from taxis to that tin of beans to whatever it is to just a flight to, um, you know, energy um, cost taxes tagged on to every flight to luggage to. Anyway, look, you know what I'm talking. You know what I'm talking about. I've said that twice now in the last uh, 10 minutes and 20 seconds. Get on with what you're talking about, Averill. Yes, indeed. 
and he just had every all the sales down. And then I sort of politely inquired from about half a dozen other people I knew running smaller labels, middle labels, and they all went, "Yeah, everything is down across the board." And what's happening is basically it's costing. Um, if you're a customer, it's costing you the guts of. 60 to 100 euro just to order a vinyl, depending on where you are. Somebody just hit me up going, how do I order primordial vinyls in the USA? I said, well, we have a label in the USA, but they don't do a mail or they don't stock uh, vinyls. You're going to have to get them from another distributor. And he's like, okay, this is looking like it's going to cost me the guts of $100. Um, Yeah, that's kind of how it is right now. Uh, Vinyl, the vinyl... The vinyl boom that we've seen over the last 10, 20, 25 years, which has propped up the music industry and certainly propped up um, the underground is, I don't know how it can quite cope with this level of expense, especially also when you consider that um, the cost of oil is going up um, and so therefore plastic and so therefore vinyls. The cost of pressing vinyls has gone up and um, because of those, that simple fact. And so you have to ask yourself, how can underground labels that have built their new economy over the last years on the mail order and the shipping of vinyl survive these exorbitant costs because they are absolutely insane. And everyone I talk to, like I said, their sales are down 50 to 75%. It's pushing everything towards streaming. But of course, streaming is not the essence of the underground, that corporeal physical underground that represented a resistance to the streaming, um, you know, to the streaming propaganda, the streaming machine. Strangely enough, CD sales are coming back for some people. But is there anything really that underground or artistic or romantic about owning a CD? I would say not. I haven't bought a CD in ages. In fact, in fact, if you're going to give me a CD of your band at a gig, I'll politely accept it. But the chances of me listening to it instead of just streaming it, I understand that's a contradiction in terms. Um, I just buy and play vinyls. That's about it. But I am, of course, grateful for said CD. But everything is just about price gouging. And so if you take those things into consideration, the only way really to sell vinyl, it seems, anymore is over the merch stall. And of course, if you've been listening to my podcasts over the last while, you'll know that, um, for example, I've been railing against uh, venues and festivals, especially just taking percentages of bands merch because it's sort of easy money. But if you're going to carry with you 40, 50 vinyls for a festival weekend, that's very, that's fucking heavy. And you're talking about extra luggage costs. And there's no doubt about it. If I stood at a merch stall, a festival and said, okay, so the profits you're going to take from us, they have to come from net, not gross. They're just going to look at me with 10 heads and go, what? I said, well, you know, if you ask a farmer, hey, by the way, your costs to getting that milk or that meat to the shelf, they don't matter. Your packaging, your, you know, the, you know, the carton that you're putting your milk in or whatever, they don't matter. In fact, you can't count them as costs. You have to take everything from gross is what you're paid from. And um, this is one of the most insane ideas that you can imagine and is only really seems to be part of the music industry that if we bring 40 to 50 vinyls across with us for the weekend and sell them at festivals and let's say we sell 27, that's not bad. Um, they're going to go, well, it has to come from gross. And that's why if you come up to the merch stall, you're going to see, oh, wow, why are there shirts um, or why are shirts of bands at festivals now 40, 50, 60 euro and the vinyl is 60 euro. This is the reason why, because as you've just um, seen the price gouging that is going on. Like if I, once upon a time, every vinyl could have cost you six, seven or eight wholesale from your label. You don't get them for nothing, as I said. Now that's 11 to 14. And these vinyls that I just posted out um, were only single fold vinyls. If they were, for example, Exile Amongst the Ruins, if they were Redemption, 
um, if they were where Greater Men Have Fallen, they would have all been double vinyls. So posting that to Australia probably would have ended up being almost 30 euro. So you can see how much we would we as a band would have to charge um, to make any kind of a profit. And then add into the fact that probably one or two in every 10 that you post single through your post office gets damaged or water damaged or broken or anything. And there's literally nothing you can do. It's just, yeah, well, that's just how it is. But it makes it very, um, it's difficult to understand how um, underground labels are going to be able to survive this kind of thing. I saw in Deaf Forever, actually, um, magazine, that there was something like a traveling uh, vinyl, I suppose, a traveling vinyl fair that was going all to all different cities in Germany. Uh, every weekend there was like a tour schedule this kind of thing where you know where you're going to go you bring your money and you buy it over the you hand it over at the merch stall i mean this is maybe going to be the only way to circumvent these insane postage costs but of course this depends on bands being able to tour so um again the costs of the bands going on tour have risen and risen and risen so how do they keep those costs down over the merch stand it's some very complicated economics going on at the moment within the underground and and I have to say that I do fear for quite a few underground labels. Um, I just released an album, the Vermin of Serpent album. Um, if you want to go back and listen to a song, um, or I could tag one on to the end of this, why not? I mean, um, you can go back, or it came out this spring, and everybody is saying, yeah, very hard to shift the vinyl, hard to shift the vinyl. Nobody wants to order five or 10 or 15. I remember back in the day, a friend used to work for Tower Records and he said, once upon a time, they used to order 10, 20 or 50 or 100 or 200 copies of vinyl of new releases into the shop. And then it became 10, then it became five, then it became one. And if the one sold out, they would order another one. So I remember leaving Primordial, I think it was maybe been burning season 10 inches in there and we sold like 50 or 50 copies or something on vinyl something crazy like this or 50 copies on cd and vinyl um and trying to do it a couple of years later and they were like yeah can you just give us five and then coming back and they were like yeah no we don't know somebody's lost them in the system but if you're like me you'll you're beginning to think well this cost of living um this energy crisis this cost of living crisis you get the feeling that it's not going back to where we were before. I've said this before many times in the podcast, and some of you have asked me, why don't I talk about politics um, as much on the new podcast? Well, I said, as I said, I sense people are a bit wary of it. But also, um, this is the post-lockdown, the post-pandemic world. A whole load of um, econ economic structures were expedited, as well as a whole load of politically authoritarian measures and um, you know, powers that governments gave themselves emergency powers without any sunset clauses that won't be repealed, etc., etc., etc. You know, or sorry, etc. You know what I'm going to say. Um, it doesn't necessarily need saying. If you know the tone of Agitators Anonymous, you know what I've been talking about for the past three years. But um, the idea that we're going to go back to somewhere where the post office goes, yeah, okay, um, we acknowledge that the price hikes were um, just part of that crisis and we're going to bring them down. Uh, they aren't going to be. Some part of me believes it's part of this uh, move to kind of squeeze that middle class. I've often talked about it on the podcast, that emergent middle class that came post uh, fall of the Berlin Wall in the kind of early to mid 90s, that period of economic growth and upward mobility. And it would certainly seem to me that I don't believe in top down um, you know, theories. I'm not going to call them the C word, but um, I don't believe in the top-down theories. There are elements of that, but there are also elements of chaotic civil bureaucracy and 
um, outmoded bureaucracy, but also there is some malicious intent there. And I think there is some move to just squeeze the upward mobility of the working of the middle class and the working class are having a hard enough time as it is already, but of the middle class out of elements of society, of social society to stop your not just your mobility as in as in the terms of um, your freedom to travel, to move, to whatever. But a good deal, I think, is going to be um, a strange word in 2023 compared to what have been 10 years ago. But certainly um, posting five vinyls today and then discussing with all my label friends over the last couple of days brought home to me. Because many people have said it to me, why doesn't Primordial have a big web store? Um, why don't you have a huge merch web store and all this kind of stuff? And to be honest... When it boils down to the actual profit margin, let's say even, let's say on every item there's a profit margin of even five euro, which is five members of the band, one euro each, um, for everyone in the band to make a thousand euro for merch, you need to make a five thousand euro profit, and that's a thousand t-shirts in one year. You don't; it's just not feasible. So you end up going, well, what am I going to do? Pack my garage uh, with you know, hundreds and hundreds of t-shirts and go down and pack a couple of every day. And the money you spend on traveling to the garage, the money you spend on actually having a little space to put hundreds of t-shirts in. Um, to, coming from a country like Ireland, it's just not worth it. Maybe in Germany, if we were from Germany, um, it would make sense. But the amount of work it would take for an extra 212 euro and 80 cents um, for every band member after every six months is kind of cost prohibitive to the amount of energy put into it anyway my friends everyone keeps telling me to listen to the new Dodheim's Guard album the more people tell me to listen to something usually the more I resist it but I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do it I remember in 1996 hanging out with Vedwen Zenda and me and Vic Kotnik ended up walking the streets of London and getting lost um, from the cram the apartment we were staying in I was over and I think Vebenzetta was playing with Opeth and Van Damien and Impel Nazarene in the Astoria, the huge old London Astoria. And there was about two or three hundred people there before Opeth got huge. And I was staying in the same place as Vebenzetta. And one of them brought over um, some sort of flu. And I think they only got to play one gig, if I'm not mistaken. Mm, they were great. Great band, Vebenzetta. But uh, me and Vakotnik went walking the streets of London, which is probably a bad idea considering we were in London, discussing all things black metal. But when we came back, we found a room full of vomiting people, all um, stinking and sweating in plastic bags filled with vomit everywhere. Needless to say, I had to get um, some sort of medical assistance in the airport to be not quite airlifted home, but at the very least... Um, at the very least, I think, carried up the steps onto the plane anyway. The like of which you would never see today. Who could imagine such a thing? Well, the tone of just today's heavy metal, Maselny, is the serious consideration of how do underground labels cope considering the price gouging going on by all methods of getting um, your, um, your vinyl you order from A to B. Unless, of course, you're Amazon and you have the entire market sewn up. It begins to feel a bit like the kind of thing that we discussed during lockdown, which was the closure of small businesses so that the big giant corporations um, who, of course, have lobbying power with government officials uh, take over the high street. I suppose you could call it the Walmart isation. Um, I think that there's a documentary, is there not, the, the high price of the social high price of Walmart or something like this? 
I think this is the same thing in a sense that it's very hard to wonder how can small labels survive. I'll take Invictus as an example. I mean, they're based here in Ireland. If they could drive to a chaos to send instead of a stall or drive to whatever instead of a stall, could that save their summer sales? And this is something I'm going to find out from labels over the coming months as I ask them, are you selling things, uh, you know, at the stalls over the counter? The merch stalls at, at small festivals? Because they seem to be about the only method left because if you're a customer um, and I've done this myself I went on to uh, a site only the other day to try and buy something uh, some base equipment and big gear and this that and the other and the shipping costs are just 20, 30, 45 euro for just single items um, from Europe to Ireland and it just makes you go well what's the fucking point um, you order a vinyl of something I wanted to order the other day. I can't remember what it was. Could be the new Witch Hazel EP. Yes, my endearing love for Witch Hazel. And again, it's like, are you going to spend 40, 45 euro on a vinyl? Something in my head is like, that should be 10 or 15. Should be, but it isn't. Welcome to 2023, my friends. That's Tuesday's Heavy Metal Miscellany. A rather gloomy look at the economics of the underground and how do we manage to get through this period who knows i certainly don't all right over and out i will see you on friday for what i think will be a discussion of um when is it time to um quit and go sober it's partly inspired by some of the you know you've probably most people in the metal scene have shared this crazy footage of troy Azathoth falling off the stage from morbid angel so i'm going to discuss um sobriety i think a little bit on friday um, and what that means. All right, my friends, Agitators Anonymous. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.